Hey, fantasy football friends. It's not too late to join the 450,000 people that have already downloaded Draft this season. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but you're done in under five minutes and they last for just one week. You can join one right now for week three and draft against myself and tags. The best part, play for cold, hard cash. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code PROS. That's right, play for a real money game for free just by using the promo code PROS, and it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering Fantasy Pros listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and play for free right now with the promo code PROS. Welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester with Mike Tagliere, as always, and today we have a DFS episode for Week Three Sunday Slate. But first, Tags and I are going to take five minutes to do one of these live snake drafts on PlayDraft.com. Tags is going to be using the Draft app. Tags, how's it going, man? It's going well, Bobby. I, I'm excited to do this. When I was told that we were going to be doing this like live during the show, I was like, this is cool because I did one the other day and it was like my first time trying the in-season one. I know that you've done a few of them, but uh, this in-season one is really, really fun and it went a lot faster than I thought it was. It was like, you have to think on your feet, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's great stuff. I love doing these drafts and I do several of them every week. I'm not just saying that because they're one of our sponsors. Like they're one of our sponsors because we love them. It's an incredible site. And I was actually kind of nervous about this. So Tags and I just did the draft a few minutes ago because, you know, these drafts do move quick. You have 30 seconds to make your pick. And I want to give sound advice while making the right pick so I can win some money. So we did the draft. We wrote down all our thoughts and we're going to go through it. Uh, and Tags and I are making a bet on today's show he doesn't know this, however, um, but I'll let him make up, uh, you know, who wins what and, and whatever. I, just tell me what I'm going to win because I'm winning this thing. Uh, I don't know if you're going to win this thing. I mean, I feel pretty good about the team I drafted. Uh, and I do want to give a shout out. You know, you know, Bobby said it. It's not because they're a sponsor. I actually, you know, I don't want to talk about other sites, but I was on another site doing a lot of best ball. And my buddy Britt Devine, I got to give a shout out to Britt because he's like, Mike, hop on here, like legitimately just try it out. And he's like, and I promise you, you're going to love it. The interface is fantastic. You could use it at the PC, you can do it on your phone, and like I'm, I'm not kidding. Everything, it's beautiful. Is, it, it really is. It's the, it's one of the most be- it's one of the best design apps and websites that I've seen for fantasy football, and I had a blast doing this, Bobby. Uh, but my team is lights out, man. You're gonna have uh, you're gonna have problems dealing with this. I did not, I cannot believe that Marshawn Lynch fell to me in the third round. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't cool. So. Tags got really lucky, as usual. I mean, he's been really <laughs> lucky with the Sammy Watkins, Mari Cooper bet so far this season. That's going to change here soon. Um, but I got the 10th pick out of 10. Tags is picking eight. So he's going to just be able to snipe all my players. I'm going to have to reach for people and everything being on the turn. Um, so here's how it works. We need to draft five players, one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers. It can be a wide, a wide out or a tight end as your receiver. So I'll mostly be ignoring tight ends unless like, Gronk drops really far since Gronk is like what the equivalent of a number 15 wideout. Uh, he'll probably be drafted too high for me, but I'll tell you what tags this draft moved really quick as I was preparing my notes. There were like five picks within 10 seconds of this draft starting tags. You have the eighth pick. Who were you hoping to take? 
Yeah, well, AJ Green fell to me at number eight. And I, I mean, I didn't know if recency bias would let Le'Veon Bell fall to me, and that really didn't happen. I didn't expect it to, to be fair. But I also didn't expect AJ Green versus the, the Packers to fall to me either. I think people are are severely underestimating the, this Bengals offense. I know we're going to talk about it during the show today. I really can't wait to talk about this because, you know, it's so much recency bias here where people are, are asking me if they should trade AJ Green away for, you know, guys like Amir Abdullah. And I'm like, guys, just call uh. relax. Just relax. Seriously, it's AJ Green. Trade him to me. If you're going to trade him, get in the league with me and trade me AJ Green. 100%. Yes. So he was he, he's my first round pick here. So as this was happening, Tags, I was thinking, you know, I'd set my draft order in advance. As soon as the draft starts, you want to have a queue ready to go. And so I had AJ Green number four. I was ready to take him number four uh, if somehow he fell to me and he started falling. I was like, oh man, this is going to happen. I'm going to get AJ Green. Of course, you sniped me in the first round. And, you know, I wasn't even considering that you were ahead of me. Otherwise, I would have just taken him off my queue. I would have known you were going to take him. Um, so I'm a huge believer in Keenan Allen this week. I hate drafting at the turn, by the way. I would love to get Keenan Allen at like pick 16, maybe 20, 22. I think he would have dropped that far. Um, but since this is 0.5 PPR and I had to reach for him, I pulled the trigger at number 10, even with Mike Evans on the board. It's just a perfect matchup. Tex, can you talk a little bit about this matchup? Because I've read about it in your primer, and you nailed it, man. Yeah, no, Keenan Allen, the matchup here is fantastic. Philip Gaines is a cornerback who was uh, benched last year. That's who's that's who's starting against Keenan Allen this week. Uh, Marcus Peters sticks at left cornerback, which means he's going to match up with Tyrell Williams this week. So st- stay away from Tyrell Williams. Keenan Allen matched up in that slot again with a backup cornerback. This guy was benched last, last year after allowing over 150 yards and a touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders on primetime television. They're playing him out of necessity. They're not doing it because they want to. And uh, Keenan Allen 20 targets and a 27.4% target share over the first two weeks. So yeah, no, you know, this is something where I've admitted that, you know, I I was wrong. I figured that there were so many mouths to feed, but really they're just not targeting. still might get hurt. Yeah, well, there's, they're just not targeting tight ends as much as I thought they might. Uh, you know, Dontrell Inman isn't involved at all. Travis Benjamin's kind of an afterthought. So yeah, Keenan Allen, he's, uh, he's one of my favorite plays of the week. So I think it was, a, I think it was a killer pick and there's no way he would have fallen. I thought you were going to laugh at me, man. No, I, I actually, I was, uh, he's someone that I would have taken on the way back if you had let him fall. So yeah, def- it's, it's a great pick. I'm glad to hear it, man. And uh, I wanted to get a workhorse running back with my other guy because it's they're going to move quick here. I mean, I've got 18 picks in between. So I just went and grabbed Devontae Freeman against Detroit. I know it's not the best matchup. I know he's not the best running back, but he is a workhorse. He's safe. Tags, uh, before we get onto your commentary, who are you going to take with your second pick? Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm Melvin Gordon here. Uh, I was I was sitting here trying to decide between Melvin Gordon and Marshawn Lynch, but I, I know that Melvin Gordon is not going to last and Marshawn Lynch you know, he, it's potential that he would. So I, I'm, I'm going Melvin Gordon here against the Chiefs. If you would have told me that, I would have said there's no chance Marshawn Lynch is going to drop to you. But it happened, man. Yes, it did. And I'm I'm so I'm psyched about that because Marshawn Lynch, I, I put a lot of stock into him last week, but and he let me down. But it really wasn't necessarily his fault. It's not that he ran bad or anything like that. He did score a touchdown, but there is a bigger week in store for him against the Redskins. He's good, man. He looked really good again. He really did. And that's the thing is, you know, most people will just look at a stat sheet and be like, eh, it's okay. And he's doing fine. But Marshawn Lynch is running, you know, with that intensity that we're, we're used to seeing from him. So yes, he's definitely someone to trust this week. So if he didn't drop to you, and I'm sure you had a backup plan, who were you thinking about taking there? Honestly, the, the guy that I was planning on taking, I ended up getting the fourth round. Uh, that's Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks this week against Houston. Most people see Houston. They think tough matchup. No. Brandon Cooks against Houston. Uh, you know, they're, they're starting two of their starting cornerbacks might be out for this 
this game. One of them is for sure. So the, the backup cornerbacks they're playing, they're two undrafted free agents that they would put out there against Brandon Cooks because Kareem Jackson is the guy who plays in the slot for them. So yeah, Brandon Cooks, this could be a week where he like makes up for the first two weeks. Breeze is a great sneaky GPP playing DFS this week because of that. I like that pick a lot. In fact, I was planning on taking Brandon Cooks all along, um, but then something happened here. I just thought, well, there's no way I'm going to get a running back that's worth anything. The difference between these guys and what's going to be left in another 20 picks is really small. It's just kind of a crapshoot at that point. But one guy did fall to me, and it's Leonard Fournette. Again, not a good matchup. I'll take the workhorse. I've got two workhorse running backs. You know they're going to get 15 carries, maybe 20, uh, and I'm happy with that. And then I was hoping to get a quarterback. Uh, I really like Derek Carr against the Redskins this week. He's my number two quarterback. Matthew Stafford's my number three at home against the Falcons. Um, Derek Carr was taken. He's who I was planning on taking, but Stafford's still there. Even with Matt Ryan on the board, got to take Stafford because look, I mean, I already have Devontae Freeman and the chances that the Lions are going to let both Ryan and Freeman go for a big game is pretty small. So I'm going to spread it out, get Matthew Stafford, and then I uh, hope a decent wide receiver makes it back to me in round five. Yeah, no, it's not a bad plan. I actually, you know, I don't, I want to save some stuff for the show. Uh, so I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to leave my, I'll, I'll say that I drafted Russell Wilson with my fifth round pick. And there's been a lot of people asking me about him this week because they saw my rankings, uh, and where I have him. So I, I'm, I'll talk more about him once we get into the show. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, in the fifth round, I really wanted DeAndre Hopkins. He was top of the list for me. Didn't think he was going to make it and he didn't. So, uh, I had a couple other options. Terrell Pryor, Amari Cooper, Golden Tate. Um, part of me wanted to just take Cooper in case he goes off. That way I don't feel too bad about the mm. bet when that happens. Uh, Cause there's a, there's a possibility. I mean, Cooper's a great receiver. It could happen. Um, but the better play here is Terrell Pryor, who should get a ton of targets and a good matchup against Oakland. So he's my fifth pick. Tags, why don't you tell us what your team looks like and, uh, and what your projected points are? And we'll let the listeners decide who is the better team. Yeah, so my my starting lineup is Russell Wilson at quarterback, my two running backs, Melvin Gordon and Marshawn Lynch, and my wide receivers, A.J. Green and Brandon Cooks. I feel like in a 10-man league, obviously, you're going to look pretty stacked, uh, but I feel, I feel like all these guys I have on my team are, you know, top eight options at their position, so I, I feel pretty good about it. It, it is saying projection is 67.5, but hey, I didn't make these projections. I'm looking at your team tags, and I think it is almost as good as mine, which is really saying something because my <laughs> team is just awesome. I was projected for 72.5, which despite picking 10th is uh, is number two out of 10. So I've got Matthew Stafford face Atlanta, Devonta Freeman at Detroit, Leonard Fournette face Baltimore, Keenan Allen face Kansas City, and Terrell Pryor face Oakland. So that's my team. You guys can tweet at us at Mike Tagliere NFL and at Bobby Fantasy Pro. Let us know whose team is going to win. And uh, we'll report back to you next week after I, I take home the big prize. It's uh, a $45 winning. So it's going to be fun watching this. No, absolutely. And by the end of the show here today, we're going to figure out what this bet is. Maybe we'll have our guest help us out with that. That sounds good. So guys, that took like 10 minutes and that was with Tags and I doing all of our commentary on all of it. The draft actually took four minutes and 30 seconds. I timed it. It was sweet. We had a lot of fun and uh, we both like our teams, even though we had bad picks. Our guest today to talk about DFS, we're going to be talking about the main Sunday slate, uh, excluding that Sunday morning game in London and who would really pick any of those players anyway. It's the Jaguars offense going. So um, we're going to be talking about that for FanDuel, DraftKings, and our guest is Christian Abenizio of Daily Fantasy Insider. Christian, thanks for joining us. Hey, you guys. Thanks for having me on. Really glad to be here. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And uh, we were just talking about it. We just did this play draft draft, and it's like a snake draft, five rounds. We did it with 10 teams, and we need terms of a bet. So Christian, can you give us a good one? 
Yeah. Okay. So here's here's something that I actually did with a, a buddy of mine. Um, it, it plays a little bit on your personal fanhood, whichever teams you're, you guys are supportive of. I don't know. I'm a big Eagles fan, and my buddy's a big Giants fan. So before the season started, we agreed to uh, whoever had the better divisional record at the end of the season would have to wear the other team's jersey with booty shorts and oh, wear it around no. <laughs> for and wear it around for three days. <laughs> so that you, it looks like they're just wearing the jersey. So that's what we did, and obviously you'd have to you'd have to do it for based on the results of your fantasy league. But that's we're we're excited about that one, and I'm especially excited given the Giants start. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's real good. And you know, here's the thing: Tags and I both work from home. Like the only ones who would see us is our family. So you know, I don't really mind doing that so much, especially because I'm going to win anyway. But I really don't want to wear any kind of jersey from Chicago. I'm a St. Louis guy, oh, um, which yeah. means wait, I'm a Jaguars wait, wait. fan. Wait, that's actually, that's not what about, it means. Bobby, but. That's what you're worried about. I'm, I'm thinking about the booty shorts, and I have an eight eight month old son that I'm trying to set good examples <laughs> for. And I'm not. Yeah, I think family shorts. might be the most embarrassing in some ways. A hundred percent. No, uh, this was the worst idea ever, Bobby. Thank you for doing this. Um, but well, I mean, it's not like set in stone. We can we can get different terms. Um, I, um, I'm, I, I I'm, I'm winning this, so I, I look forward to seeing booty pictures. Yeah, no, I'm not going to show my booty, man. I'm just going to show the show the jersey. Oh Come on, God. tags, gross, show, dude. Show, we, we are like we are like ten minutes in. This show is off the rails. So let's let's get back on track here. <laughs> okay, guys. So we're, what we're gonna do? We're gonna go position by position here, and we're gonna start at quarterback. We'll go uh, high price guys, mid range guys, value players. So let's start with the high price guys. It's Aaron Rodgers face Cincy or Tom Brady against Houston in cash games. And I know a lot of people are going to say Tom Brady against Houston, but Tags and I were just talking about it. They've got two of their starting cornerbacks who could be out, starting some undrafted rookie free agent. So it could be ugly. Guys, are you going with Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, if you're spending up on quarterback? Or would you rather do a high-priced guy like Matt Ryan at Detroit, uh, Derek Carr at Washington, or Drew Brees face Carolina? I know for me personally, uh, you know, I'm looking at Derek Carr. Um, that that game is projected the highest point total between the Redskins and the and the Raiders, and I think that either of those quarterbacks are good options. And Carr, especially the the thing to love about Carr, in my opinion, is is the ability to stack him with his his elite receivers. So yeah. you know, there's questions if you go for a guy like Tom Brady. Obviously, that could be a sneaky good matchup. But you really never really know what the what the Houston defense is going to bring to the table. I, they have so much depth. Uh, you know, even if they're starting some some question marks, you never really know what you're going with there, and you're also never really sure what you're getting out of uh, you know the the Patriots receiving core. So um, you know, and I don't. I, I think the problem with Rodgers, in my opinion, I, I think he's a good play as well. But the, the concern is that they'll get up really big over Cincy and they'll get up early, and then they'll just stop throwing the ball. Yeah, which really hurts his his fantasy impact. But if you're if you're looking for a shootout. And you're looking for those big fantasy numbers. I'm loving Derek Carr this week. Over under 54.5 this week. Uh, I like Aaron Rodgers. He's my number one quarterback, but he's $900 more on FanDuel. Then you've got Derek Carr, who's a lot cheaper. He's in that big matchup. And he's my number two quarterback. So Derek Carr is really interesting to me. I'm leaning Aaron Rodgers right now, but you make a compelling case. Tags, who's your guy? Derek Carr, hundred percent. Like it's so we don't we obviously don't discuss our picks before we get on the show. We'd like to keep it like uh, you know we like we have no idea who Christian was going to pick. So to hear him say Derek Carr makes me feel good too because you know again this game is projected to be high. He just threw three touchdowns on twenty eight pass attempts. He's going against a Redskins defense that is down two of their starting linebackers from last year. Sua Cravens, who is n- no longer with the team, he just decided to up and go. And that Mason Foster, separated shoulder, he's missing this week. So they're down two linebackers. They've already struggled over the middle of the field. So. 
Derek Carr has so many playmakers at his disposal. The Redskins have already allowed 8.3 yards per attempt to, to the combination of Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. They've also, if you go back, dating back to last year, the Redskins have allowed seven of the last 10 quarterbacks they've played to throw for at least 300 yards. Derek Carr is like, he's, he's, I think he's safe for cash and I think he's great for tournaments. And I, I mean, we're going to talk throughout the show, but I think you could do a game stack here where there's a lot of players from this game that I like. So in the mid-range, I like Matthew Stafford at home against Atlanta, but my top play is Kirk Cousins at home against Oakland. You already mentioned that game. And Phillip Rivers at home against the Chiefs. Is there someone that stands out to you, Christian? Uh, another guy that I like in that range, he's a little higher than Cousins, but uh, that's Big Ben. Um, I think that's a really enticing matchup. Uh, you got a, a really big split between one of the best pass-blocking units in the league in Pittsburgh and one of the worst pass-rushing units in, in uh, Chicago. So. Yeah. You know, I think the concern with Chicago is is traditionally they do a really good job of um, cutting off number one wide receivers, which would you know suggest maybe Antonio Brown's not so high this week. But at the same time, given that split on how much time Roethlisberger should have to throw the ball, um, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of all over that this week. I kind of like his ownership being lower too because of the narrative that oh he's not so good away games. It's Ben Absolutely. Roethlisberger. He could go nuts on Chicago this week. Well, mm-hmm. I think the I think the only concern here is the the blowout factor, right? You talked about it with Rodgers and the fact that I don't I don't see the Bears in any way or capacity. I'm actually a Bears fan, Christian, so yeah, yay me, right? <laughs> um, but the the Bears the Bears defense is is pathetic. You know, they've lost two they've lost their starting linebacker, and then on top of that, they lost their backup starting linebacker. So so they're just really shallow at linebacker right now. They're not going to generate a pass rush. Ben Roethlisberger is going to have time, but it's the same concern that we had with Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston, where the game gets into blowout fashion relatively quick and they just lean on Le'Veon Bell for the rest of the game which is why Bell you know we'll talk about that the running backs but Bell's my favorite play I think he's well worth his price this week and Roethlisberger it's been well documented that he struggles a little bit on the road and the Bears actually last year at home like believe it or not all, all three games they won were at home and they were limiting quarterbacks quite a bit at home. So I think this is more of like a Le'Veon Bell game. I think Roethlisberger is safe for like a cash game quarterback. But uh, if you're looking for like a tournament play at that price range, I'm going with Russell Wilson. And I know that, yeah, nobody wants to hear that because nobody wants to play Russell Wilson right now. Well, Newsflash, guys. I've I've written about this and the fact that Russell Wilson, it's now six years in a row where he struggled in the first couple weeks. So whatever the reason, he just needs to knock the rust off. He needs to get his mind right, whatever. But week three is when he started turning things around. And going against Tennessee... Tennessee has one of the best front sevens in football when it comes to stopping the run. They do generate a pass rush, but they're lacking this year. It's only a 5.7% sack ratio, and that's one of the lower ones in the league. Granted, they're still going to be able to pressure Russell Wilson. This this offensive line is bad, but they don't have an answer to stop guys like Doug Baldwin, like Tyler Lockett, like Paul Richardson, uh, even, even Jimmy Graham if he plays. But I'm not counting on Graham playing this week. I don't think he does. But I still think Russell Wilson at 6,300, we know what he can do with his legs. He's healthy. It's just he he started out the year slow and at 6,300, I think his, his ceiling is as high as any quarterbacks in the league. 6,300 on DraftKings maybe, but 7,800 on FanDuel. I'd play him in DraftKings. I'm not touching him on FanDuel at that price point. Implied total of 20. That's yeah, ugly. It's, it's pretty risky tags. I'll do like the upside. Russell Wilson goes nuts two or three times every single year, but um, I, I guess it could happen this week against Tennessee. Their secondary is not very good, as you mentioned. What's your take on them, Christian? I, I, you know, I agree with you to some extent. I think obviously if you're looking for, you know, there's a big disparity between cash plays and GPP plays for big tournaments and stuff. And I like Wilson as a, as a tournament play. Um, I think <laughs> unfortunately his floor is extremely low, so I would not play him in cash. But, it, you know, that 6-3 yeah. price point, especially on DraftKings, is is really, really enticing for, for tournaments. And I think 
you know, just that narrative of, of people being really low on him it can really help a talented quarterback really, you know, you can get catch people by surprise sometimes with him. So, and I think that people will shy away from the matchup with Tennessee thinking that Tennessee is a, a generally overall a pretty good defense and they are, but they, they do struggle with pass rush. It's the one thing that they rank pretty low in. So I agree. And, you know, I think that's the kind of matchup that, that uh, Russell Wilson really needs is, be, you know, given the strength of, or, you know, lack of strength uh, rather of his offensive line, he really needs um, a pass rush that won't really question him that much and, and give him time to throw. So, for sure. I, I so, so Kirk Cousins is my guy. I, I do like him more than Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr for cash games because that implied total of 26 at his price point is beautiful going against Oakland. They have some playmakers back there, but they let up a lot of passing yards. Kirk Cousins throws for over 4,500 yards every single year. I just think he's going to be, uh, you know, too cheap to pass up at this point. There is one guy I like more than for cash games that we'll get to, but I didn't hear either of you guys talk about Kirk Cousins. Is it just because there's better plays or? My, my issue with Kirk um, is honestly just the lack. I, I, you know, you talk about how many playmakers they have, and I agree mm-hmm. with that, but they also have some key injuries right now. So I think if Reed can't suit up and, you know, I saw – I saw some picture of Terrell Pryor, I think, posted a picture of his foot on his Instagram story, and it is just purple. And I have no idea how he's going to play on that this Sunday, but I, I just... You I should feel... have showed me that before I drafted him in play draft just a well, few minutes ago, man. <laughs> yeah, I, Not yeah, yeah. Wear booty shorts. <laughs> yeah, Google the picture. It's it's pretty gruesome. I, I really and he's and he's super psyched about how he's going to be able to play Sunday. But I I'm not. I, I kind of feel like that's just him overhyping it a little bit. I, I don't have have any idea how someone could even walk on that kind of foot, let alone run around yeah. and play a full game. Um, so that's really my concern with Cousin. But uh, you know, especially at his price, he's definitely a reasonable play. He's you know really really solid in that high point total and um, you know. They have so many people to throw the ball to. He'll find somebody, you know, whether it's Crowder or whoever. But um, yeah, I, I don't. That's my only question mark with him. But yeah, overall, good play. So cheap plays. Deshaun Kaiser at Indianapolis. I would not dare play him in a cash game. Probably in his whole career, he just doesn't seem like a cash game kind of quarterback. Uh, Tag, you compared him to Jay Cutler. That's who he is, uh, just with some more legs and everything. Um, but you know, my cash game play. I mentioned him. Andy Dalton, and it's frankly not very close. I know ESPN's been talking about Dalton might lose his job. It should go to Kaepernick, but you know, that might just be to catch some ears, right? I mean, Dalton has been a top 10 quarterback virtually every year he's healthy. Last season, they had two terrible games, too, with less than 400 yards combined and zero touchdowns against two stellar defense. So why is everyone panicking when he does the same thing against Baltimore and Houston? He gets the Packers this week. Could there be a better matchup or game script? $6,800 on FanDuel. I have so much money to spend elsewhere, and I'm still getting a top eight QB. I, I got. I agree with you there. I also love Andy this week. But, you know, uh, the Red Rifle is is really. He's been scary so far. Just you know, he's just looked bad. You know, obviously going up against two good defenses, but just the lack of composure in the pocket it was really concerning. But now you have this whole switch of a scenario. You bring in a new offensive coordinator and Bill Lazor who has been one of the most pass-happy offensive coordinators in his time. You know, back when he was with the Dolphins, they threw for the ninth and the fifth most passes per season um, over the course of the two years that he was there. So really a lot of promise with that new system coming in. Obviously, it might take some time to uh, switch over and everyone to get comfortable with it. But, you know, I I like him a lot in GBPs. I guess maybe... I'm a little nervous about playing him in cash, but um, I I think definitely his upside is honestly as high as anyone on the slate. 
I would tend to agree. This is a, this is a get spot right for them. And you know, talking about the whole the, the offensive coordinator getting fired, AJ Green speaking up and saying that he needs to get targeted. If you if you go back and look at the last couple of years, AJ Green and Andy Dalton, when he targets him, he does extremely well. And this is a yeah. matchup where Demarius Randall has no business covering AJ Green. Uh, Julio Jones was, you know. He had a solid game last week. What was it five catches, 108 yards, which which is a solid outing, right? But they stopped throwing the ball to him because they were up so big. Well, that's the thing. I think Matt Ryan threw the ball what 28 times that game. So uh, the Bengals aren't in position to do that. This is a game where the Bengals are going to be throwing the ball a ton because they are going to fall behind because they can't stop the Packers' offense and they don't have the run game to even run the ball if they wanted to. So I think this is a get right spot for Andy Dalton, 5100. Now Christian Bobby mentioned it in cash. Would you would you feel safe with him in cash or do you think he's better a better tournament play? Yes. So that's that's where my distinction is, you know, versus what Bobby said. I think he's definitely a much better play in tournaments, um, I, because of his price and stuff. You can really, uh, I, I expect his ownership to be pretty low. Um, I, I guess in cash, uh, it de- it depends on if you really need that salary. But the only reason I would kind of shy away from him in cash is because you can get a guy like Kirk for not that much more. So, and I I think this the the level of security between those two players is pretty drastic. But I, I honestly, you know, Dalton has just as much upside, like I said, as as even the top quarterbacks on this slate. So one of my favorite tournament plays, not a horrible choice for cash, but maybe not my favorite option there. Before we move on over to running back, I want to remind you all that we have a signed Mike Evans jersey giveaway from pristineauction.com. All you have to do to enter the sweepstakes is subscribe and review our podcast on iTunes and take a screenshot, send it to us at contest at fantasypros.com. I surf around their website almost every day to look for Christmas gifts for my family and for myself. Today, I saw a full-sized Lombardi Trophy replica signed by Tom Brady and a molten gold basketball signed by MJ, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson. People, they have all kinds of great stuff, and they auction off hundreds of great items every day for more than reasonable prices. See what they have for you at pristineauction.com, and make sure to let them know Fantasy Pro sent you. That way, we can keep doing these giveaways. All right, guys, so running backs, Tags, I'll let you go first because I know you've got a lot to say about Le'Veon Bell. He's your guy this week, huh? Yeah, Le'Veon Bell, if you like, I, I, I kind of mentioned it and the fact that Ben Roethlisberger on the road has not, and it's not just like last year or anything like that. It was the past three years where he really did struggle on the road. This this game, if you if you look at the first two weeks, the Bears have only allowed, what was it, one passing touchdown in each game to Matt Ryan and uh, to uh, Jameis Winston. And the reason that's happened is because they don't have to throw the ball. You just run, run, run. We saw last week, Le'Veon Bell totaled 31 touches. The recency bias here, he's going to be a little bit under-owned. His price is never going to hit this low again. It's at 8,800. Again, Amazing. You, don't, you don't have game script concerns here. The, the Steelers, like, they'll, they'll lay it on. They need to get right. They need Le'Veon Bell running the ball well. This is, a, this is a get-right game for him. And again, it's just this kind of seems like a no-brainer, but at the same time, what do we really expect his ownership to be coming off the two weeks that he's had? 25%. I have him right about 25%. Um, maybe people will wise up, but... You know, until people start buying him more often, I'm going to keep it down around that range. What do you think on this, Christian? Do you think he's going to be higher owned than that? Or do you think that that, that's in the right ballpark? I got to believe it's in the right ballpark. I think people are really concerned with his production. People are so, you know, they're they're so concerned with a couple bad weeks in a row. People really shy away from that. I don't think it's inherently like a really standout matchup on the surface. I think it's a great matchup when you actually look into it. But I think that uh, this might be a week that some people like look to other running backs, which I, I, I agree would be a mistake. I think he's a really good option this week. 
Yeah, again, Jarrell Freeman, Bobby, we've talked about this in the show before, like Jarrell Freeman going down, uh, and he was the best linebacker on the Bears team. And then Nick Kwiatkowski, that their fourth-round pick from this year, they ended up starting him there. Then he got hurt. He was rumored to be out for the year, but he's actually just going to miss a couple weeks, apparently. But he is going to be out for this game. When, you, when you're down to your third-string linebacker against the Steelers, and again, this is a get-right get spot. Their offensive line hasn't produced like they, they have in years past. So again, this is just this is a game where they need to get back on track. And I think it's important for them to get Le'Veon Bell going. I love Bell and I love Jai. I'm spending both of them on FanDuel. I know DraftKings, we don't have as much money, so we don't have the uh, the luxury of putting two all-star running backs in our lineup probably. But I'm going Le'Veon Bell, Jai, and FanDuel. I mean, Ajayi ran the ball 28 times for 122 yards against the Chargers. They get the Jets this week. Uh, Christian, what do you think about Ajayi this week? That was going to be my my pick. You stole him right right from me. He is absolutely my locket running back. Uh, he's our one of our DFI must-haves. He, you'd be just remiss to leave him out of your lineups this week. He is in such a perfect position. Um, going up against the Jets, who have absolutely the worst run defense in the league. Yeah, uh, they have two linebackers, Darren Lee and Demario Davis, who have absolutely no idea how to stop the run. They have Muhammad Wilkerson is a really good interior run defender, but he missed practice yesterday, and it's possible that he misses on Sunday too, wow. um, which would just make this matchup absurd for a guy. Oh, yeah. Even on the other side of the ball, it's a great matchup because you look at potentially another injury concern for the Jets is Brian Winters, their right guard. And if their right guard is out, then uh, Abigail Sue is just going to absolutely terrorize their offense. Yeah. Which, and it doesn't take much to terrorize the Jets offense. So, like, <laughs> yes, it's the Dolphins. And yes, Vegas kind of thinks this game will stay close. But this is a perfect opportunity for a running back who plays 94% of the offensive plays and just gets so many touches and could absolutely be the definition of a bell cow this week. Now, he's listed as questionable with the knee. I think that'll hurt his ownership. Well, I guess help his ownership because I want it to be nice and low. I'm using him in GPP games too. Mm -hmm. I, I I would love if that happened. I mean, that red Q shows up next to a player's name and people just panic. And the great thing about it is if you actually like, you know, if anyone took the time to look up why there's a Q next to his name, which most people will not do, it's just because they're resting him. Like, it's hush hush secret. He'll like, probably be he questionable just, he, for the rest of his life knowing his I state. hope so, because he, he'll miss uh, more than you know the, the average number of practices per week just because the coaching staff has, has blatantly said, we're really, can, like, we are, we are very closely monitoring his workload. We're going to continue to give him the ball, but we need to give him more rest if we do so. So, you know, he's taking Wednesday off. He, he, he was on the bike yesterday. I mean, he just, he's just taking some additional rest, and that's, even better for his matchup so that question mark you know that that, that questionable uh mark there is actually a, a huge advantage so there's some other high price guys here kareem hunt devonta freeman Lashawn mccoy i'm not really digging any of them i mean i guess if you guys are you can talk about them but i kind of want to move on to the mid-range plays and again ty montgomery sitting there he's a nice price what do you think tags I like Ty Montgomery. It's hard to not like him. Again, he's part of a top five scoring offense. He's playing like 90% of the snaps. There's nothing not to like there. Uh, the, the only thing with me the is game that... Script. Well, yeah, the game script, it could, it could, they could actually involve Jamal Williams a little bit more. They do have some injuries at wide receiver. They may line him up in the slot a little bit more this week, which is not going to hurt his production. He's still a fantastic play, but I'm going back to Marshawn Lynch. And I know that I was on Lynch last week and, you know, the, the game kind of blew wide open and there was no need for him. He's out there headbanging on the sideline, which was 
just hilarious. <laughs> uh, but but looking at the at the Redskins, though, I mentioned, you know, they're down two linebackers from last year. They're down one from even last week, and it's probably their best linebacker, you know, Foster. So it, the Redskins, date, going back to last year, they've allowed 4.6 yards per carry. Over their last 18 games, they've allowed 23 running back touchdowns. I just don't see any reason. I, this is why when I say you could do game stack, you could do Derek Carr. You could play Lynch if you want to. And I think you Amari Cooper is my choice at wide receiver. Uh, and, and we could talk about that if you guys want. Uh, yeah, we'll but get because there. Michael, cause, yeah, because Crabtree is going to be matched up with Josh Norman about 50, 55 percent of the time, whereas Amari Cooper will only see him 20 percent of the time. So uh, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I think he's I think he's cash game viable, d- definitely on FanDuel. And in DraftKings, I think you can get away with it, even though he is six thousand. So it's not like you're getting too much of a discount on him. So Montgomery, Marshawn Lynch, I kind of like Melvin Gordon too, which you'll never really hear me say again. But the Chiefs did give up three touchdowns to Mike Gillisley. Christian, who's your guy out of the bunch? Uh, you know, I like Gordon too. I like I like Lynch. Um, I guess I have more concerns with Lynch, but I like Ty Montgomery there. Um, I think that the game script really, you know, even if they line him up a little bit outside, it, it, I think he, it's still there. Like he, of players that play a high percentage of, you know, a team's offensive snaps, he is the king of them. Like he will be on the field almost all game. I mean, I would be really surprised if they brought Williams in. Um, for more than a few snaps, uh, Montgomery's more than more than capable of of handling the load as he's proven. And I think that if the game is closer than people think, then he gets a lot of good passing opportunities. And I think if it's a blowout, I think he'll still get a lot of opportunities to run the ball. So in my opinion, it's game script proof. Um, I love that matchup this week. My concerns with Lynch, I guess, uh, there's just so much going on in that offense. I, I do like the matchup against the Redskins, who've been, you know, struggled to contain the run. Um, and they let up a lot of touchdowns to running backs. But, you know, just like you saw with, with Crabtree last week, where he grabbed three touchdowns, that can kind of happen with anyone in that offense. So um, I don't think he's, I, I like I like his price point, absolutely. I'm not sure he's as safe as I'd like for cash. Another guy that I like is McCaffrey, and I, I think that's someone that you probably will never hear me say again. <laughs> um, <laughs> for cash games, you like him? I, I like him. I'm borderline cash. I like him for GPPs a lot. My issue with cash there is that he's like he's a little expensive. I don't know. I, I think I'm not a big McCaffrey fan. I'll just put that out there. But I think this week's matchup is really good. I think for some reason, Vegas thinks this game's going to be like, I think it was like 47 point total or something crazy like that. Maybe it's 49 even. Um, so they expect this to be a really high scoring game. And I just don't really see that happening against, against New Orleans, but I, cause I think the Carolina defense is good, but assuming that they're right and Vegas usually is right. Um, you know, Carolina is going to have to throw the ball to someone. And if Marshawn Lattimore, especially if he's able to play, which it's questionable, but if he's able to play that, that bodes really poorly for, uh, Benjamin and, Cam Newton needs every security blanket he could possibly find. And, you know, if that comes in the form of McCaffrey, I could totally see it happening. Funches looked pretty good last week, too. But yeah, I like McCaffrey at the price point for GPP. Yeah, there's a couple options. But, you know, now, you know, you could say that with with any offense. And now with, you know, Olsen going down and potentially Benjamin having a bad matchup, I think McCaffrey, this might be the only week that I'm really looking to play him. Okay, guys, cheap players. And usually there's someone out there that you can really trust for a cash game lineup. I'm not seeing a soul that I would trust. I mean, maybe for full PPR uh, DraftKings, full point PPR DraftKings, there's always guys out there who will catch passes like a Chris Thompson or whatever, and everyone's on him now. So, um, you know, it's not too exciting, but um, there is one player. I'm sorry. There's two players I really like uh, for cheap 
in GPP contests. One of them is Joe Mixon. They get the new offensive coordinator. Joe Mixon is a stud. Who knows? Maybe they just load him up with touches and he dominates. And then the other guy, Samaje Pirine, and it's if Rob Kelly doesn't play, but I think he'll be really highly owned if Rob Kelly doesn't play because he did get 21 carries uh, last week. So I think he'll get a similar workload if Kelly doesn't play. If he does, complete waste. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'd still play him in some GPP because maybe Kelly will quote unquote play and then he'll get like four touches or whatever. So uh, Christian, what do you think about Samaje Pirine and Joe Mixon for GPP? And is there anyone you like for cash games? Uh, Piran's a good option, especially if Kelly doesn't play. I think they they would would give him a lot of touches. Um, I think Kelly was trending upwards last time mm-hmm. I checked, but yeah, if he's out, Piran's a good option. I guess maybe the other option that I like is Isaiah Crowell, and yes. I think that's maybe a little bit. You know, I'm I'm not like locked in on him, but I think he might be the safest guy down in that 4K range on DraftKings. Just because they're going up against the Colts, uh, he yeah. was reported to have asked for more carries, which I'm sure everyone has seen by now. So hopefully that doesn't spike his ownership. But I think he might still be worth it. And I think you know if if there's a, if there was ever a team that you could figure out how to establish the run against, it would be Indianapolis. So I think uh, Crowell's in a good spot there, um, despite the fact that he hasn't had a really great beginning of the season. Um, I think he's certainly cheaper than the other guys in that area besides maybe Amir Abdullah, but the game script's not really with him. So I like Crowell too. I was actually, um, Abdullah was this other guy. I had Crowell down. I had Amir Abdullah down. The reason I think so is because, you know, looking at his first two games here, I mean, he's averaging uh, what is it, uh, 16, 16 or 17 carries over the first two weeks. So they obviously want him to be the bell cow back. Theo Riddick is just like a Chris Thompson in the offense. They want to limit him to a couple carries a game. He's going to catch some passes. But the Falcons going on the road, they nec- they haven't really been the same team on the road. It is a dome game, so that does help matters. But Abdullah, with the workload he's getting, there were just eight running backs last year who saw 14 or more carries against the Falcons and seven of them scored 17 or more PPR points. So so, yeah. So when you kind of look at running backs that you're trying to find for cheap to stick in a cash game lineup, I think Abdullah fits the the role that I would look for there. And another one that's interesting too, I'll just mention is Frank Gore at 4,200 just because (laughs) I am not. So hold on. This is kind of like the episode Christian said it where you'll never hear me on like some players like Isaiah Crowell or Frank Gore. But the, the matchups dictate it, right? When their prices are, are down this low, Frank Gore against a Cleveland Browns team, the game should remain competitive throughout, which is why you like Crowell too. Uh, but Frank Gore and Marlon Mack week, is questionable, so Gore might be playing a lot. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. And Jamie Collins apparently is going to be out for the Browns. Miles My- Garrett is still out for them. So their defense is not at 100%. It's a home game. So, I mean, there's just like so many different things here that I feel like you're just guaranteed some volume with Frank Gore. But, um, one before we move on, I just want to say James White, fantastic play this week, guys. I I feel like this could be like that, you know, 80 yard, two touchdown type game out of him that, you know, we see a couple times a year and, you know, think about what Houston does extremely well. They get after the quarterback and what are we going to do? We only have a couple wide receivers who are healthy for the Patriots. Burkhead's hurt too now, by the way. Exactly. You know, Chris Hogan was going to be at the end of that game. So there's only so many guys that can go around here. He's playing like uh, double the snaps of what anybody else is in the running back position. They extended him for a reason they, uh the Texans last year, they were one of the, they, they were in the bottom 10 in terms of what they allowed to uh, passing yards to running backs. Again, Brian Cushing out. There's 
two cornerbacks out for their team. It's just this is a get right spot for the Patriots at home. They lost a home game. That doesn't happen very often with Tom Brady. This is like this is out for blood. I, I do think James White, it stinks that they brought him up to 5,400 when he was 4,000 last week and he was a great play last week, but I still think he's probably going to be worth it 5,400. By the way, they lost at home with the commissioner there when they had towel night with the commissioner's face and a clown nose on the towel on it. So that's especially embarrassing. Um, before we move on to wide receiver, I actually want to give out one more name. Darren Sproles, not using him in FanDuel, but for full point PPR DraftKings, Darren Sproles is a great play. He got 70% of the touches for the Eagles. And then on FanDuel, like a super sneaky GPP play, he's going to be 0.1% owned. If that, Wendell Smallwood, he doubled Garrett Blunt's touches last week, and uh, they've been wanting to work Smallwood in. He's been unhealthy. Apparently now he's healthy. He was really good in the preseason. I know it's the Giants, but for how cheap he is, there's a chance he gets in the end zone twice. Maybe they double his carries again, and uh, and he gets you know enough carries to do some work and get in the end zone twice. And if you're the only guy that has him, I'll tell you what, you could climb up that leaderboard in a hurry. I want no part of the 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 Eagles backfield. They're so unpredictable. <laughs> they were unpredictable last year though too. So it's nothing new. That's why it's that's... GPP, man. No one's going to play them because they're thinking that. I mean, cash games, yeah, I'm I'm on board too, but you're telling me you don't want one share of someone who could get a bunch of carries behind a good offensive line? It's not like well, it's not it's not like it's a great matchup either though against the Giants. Like if it was a matchup against the Colts, for sure I could see. Yeah, but then a shot everyone like would that. be on it. Wouldn't it be point one percent ownership? Eh, Wendell Smallwood hasn't really shown anything yet to make me believe that he's worth like spending money on in DFS. I'll make sure to uh, to screenshot all my winnings and send it to you when you're wearing your booty shorts. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> All right, guys, wide receivers here. And uh, Christian, we'll start with you this time. There's a bunch of guys who are high priced, uh, not in the best matchups this week, though. So who's the top guy here? I mean, my top guy is AJ Green, hands down. He, you know, he doesn't fit the bill as a cheap player by any means, but this is probably he's got to be underpriced for this matchup. I mean, we talked about how much we like Andy Dalton. Way underpriced. Yeah, I've got yeah, my yeah, number absolutely. three wide receiver. And his uh, his price point is number 13 among wide receivers. So that's a great value. I mean, yeah, he's a little more expensive on DraftKings, which, but I, I that's still not like shying me away from him at all. I think he's in just such a great matchup here. Like, you know, um, we've kind of been through all this with this with this whole matchup with the Packers, but they just, they have, you're right. They have no business covering green. Um, they should absolutely. I mean, he should just torch them. They're they're trying to play this new weird zone thing that they got going, and it's it's not gonna work against a guy like AJ Green. And the thing that we also love about AJ Green is just that he feasts on bad cornerbacks. He is mm-hmm. absolutely the undisputed king of top wide receivers against bad cornerbacks. He will absolutely destroy any combination of Randall House or Rollins. Whatever he gets, he it, it shouldn't matter at all. It shouldn't matter if they shadow him. It shouldn't matter if they zone him. It shouldn't matter if they double him, honestly. I think he's just an absolute stud pick here, given how much they're going to have to throw the ball. You know, all these things that we've been through, you, you can't look past AJ this week. Yeah. I don't really like Jones or Brown or Beckham or Evans at Minnesota. Tags, do you like any of these guys or is it green for you too? I want to throw this out on green too. The weird thing about AJ Green is he's been real, he's been like so much better on the road over his career too. Uh, his road games and during his career, 98 yards and 0.7 touchdowns on the road. We're at home, 70 yards and 0.5 touchdowns. So it's, it's, it's quite a distinct difference and I don't know what it is. Uh, he's like the anti Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> the opposite of Ben Roethlisberger. But, uh, 
I honestly think this is a week to play Odell Beckham. And I know nobody's going to be playing him because everybody's concerned about it. They saw it on primetime TV, him not starting the game, him getting limited snaps. But in the end, he actually played quite a bit of snaps. He didn't have any setbacks. And going against the Eagles, like, so Ben McAdoo has reportedly said that he may give up play calling duties like that that needs to happen because he's been awful like in terms of what they're doing I, I mentioned this earlier I don't know if I talked about it on the show Bobby but uh, that Eli Manning right now has a career high in completion percentage as of right now uh, which is really <laughs> nobody would believe that and everybody might want to go double check that but it's true because he's playing scared he's holding onto the ball too long he's getting sacked the offensive line is not built to do that what does Odell Beckham do that everybody knows Matt Harmon's reception perception he is the best slot, slot uh, slant runner in the game he is matching up with Jalen Mills this week guys there have been only two cornerbacks in the NFL who have given over given up over a thousand yards in coverage since the start of the 2016 season he is one of them he gets burned all the time his 40 time is out it's above 4.6 Odell Beckham can burn him and it needs to happen this is a game where Odell Beckham's going to be under owned because of the injury concerns and I just think that it's kind of overblown he wouldn't been on the field if he wasn't okay and honestly he played more as the game went on they need to win this game if the Giants lose this game their season's essentially over uh, so I, I think they go hard I think they go heavy at Odell Beckham and I think he goes off I don't really travel down narrative street but with Odell Beckham I'm all over it like these big games when there's a, a bunch of drama going on in New York with the Giants and everything he's gonna step up that's just who Odell Beckham is he loves it he, he loves the spotlight yeah yeah I, I want to get my two cents in about OBJ as an Eagles fan and as an Eagles fan, I hate to say this, but yeah, I agree. I just don't think they have any answer for him. Yeah, I think that if his ownership projections stay low, I think he's a he's a good play. Um, I just I cannot see how they would contain him. And I think if anyone other than McAdoo is calling the plays, anyone with uh, you know half a brain in their head, the, the the only option is to throw to OBJ. Like that is the clear cut choice in the in this situation, especially if the Eagles get, put some points up on them and they're playing from behind. Yeah. With you know the, the the element of desperation. Again, I'm not a big narrative guy either, but it just seems hard to believe that that they have any answer for him. And this is assuming that he's fully healthy, which assumingly he is. Yeah. Well, does starting Eric Flowers count as calling plays? Because that that's the problem. Like they need to switch <laughs> yeah. that pronto it's ugly <laughs> yeah their two tackles are without a doubt so two of the worst players at their positions in the whole league and it's just like all coming together in the form of one really really awful offensive line which has been the thing like you know arguing back to that bet that i made with my giants friend you know i'm looking at the giants coming into the season and looking at this offensive line and thinking there's absolutely no way they can generate offense behind this, <laughs> these guys i mean manning is terrible when he doesn't get protection the protection on the offensive line is the reason that he has two Super Bowls, you know, aside from their defense and everything else that um, Manning shouldn't get credit for. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. you know, I, I think I'm he, so glad I mean, to hear you say that. I get blasted on Twitter for that all the time. Hey, oh, Christian, no. just just so the Giants haters can find you, where can they find you on Twitter? Oh, CJ Abenizio. Um, so we'll get it. Hopefully a link to my, yeah, yeah. my last name there is not the easiest <laughs> thing. So hopefully we can get that linked or something. But um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. And if you want to listen to some banter and slamming of the Giants, it'll be at an all time high this week. So, yeah, that that is right up my alley. I've, I've had many hourly long de, you know debates about whether Manning should be in the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, I'm your guy for that. If, you, if that's your your bread and butter, he's a lot like Andy Dalton. I mean, he's a mediocre quarterback. 
Okay, we'll, yeah, we'll move on before I go to, yeah. We'll, we'll. yeah. <laughs> um, so, Tags, you mentioned Amari Cooper. I do like that matchup. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins at New England. I mean, oh, he's no. got 29 no. targets already, man. 29 targets. Uh, hold on, Bobby. I would, uh, can I put, can we put a bet on this that he won't finish as a top? 15 wide receiver this week oh i mean the chances of that happening are less than 50 percent. i mean if you look at the top 15 <laughs> wide re- no seriously awful. if you look if you look at the top 15 wide receivers over the past two weeks eight of them are no-name guys each week because all it takes is the touchdown or not i mean i can't guarantee deandre hopkins gonna get a touchdown he's a higher chance to get a touchdown that's why he's one of my favorite plays but top 15 yeah i'm not making that bet hopkins is like one of my avoids this week like i won't touch him 29 yep. targets no, i'm there too no I, I i hate hopkins this week actually and i i think that i'm I'm all about volume. I love that normally, mm-hmm. but not against the Patriots. Um, the Patriots are absolutely notorious for just completely bracketing off players. Um, and when they go up against the top wide receiver, you know, they did it in the Super Bowl against Julio. They they just bracket these guys. And so what they'll yeah. do is they shift they shift the safety over to whatever side that guy's on and he just plays a strong safety on that on that receiver all game. And it it's just gonna absolutely I, I, you know, any, in any other situation, yeah, Nuke is clearly the crutch of this offense. I mean, he's no one has a bigger percent target share, yeah, um, over the you know within their team. So I, I love him overall. I think he'll have a good rest of the season, but not this week. Okay. Now, I'm not playing DeAndre Hopkins in cash games. He's just one that caught my eye. Uh, Doug Baldwin's another one. You mentioned Russell Wilson tags uh, Mm -hmm. at Tennessee. I wouldn't play Baldwin in cash games, but GPP, I like him. My guy in this range, though, is Keenan Allen. I drafted him in our uh, play draft draft uh, a couple minutes ago. Face Kansas City. Tags mentioned the matchup. Christian, what do you think about Keenan Allen in the slot there? Yeah, I think it's a good matchup. I think, um, you know, they're trying to get the ball to him a lot, clearly. I think uh, the concerns are with Melvin Gordon, I guess, playing a, a large portion of that offense, getting a lot of catches. Um, but Keenan Allen's clearly the top guy in that, in that offense as far as the passing game. Um, and I think that um, <laughs> the L.A. Clippers, as we like to call them, um, are, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to put some points up against a really good Kansas City team, and that that's probably going to have to be through uh, Keenan Allen. Yeah, L.A.C., every time I see that, I think of the Clippers as well. Right, it's got to be the Clippers. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's it's every single time I look at it. Yeah. All right, guys, moving on to this third tier of cash, it gets kind of ugly. I mean, usually there's one or two guys that really stand out here. Last year, it was Richard Matthews every single week. There's not a guy like that at this point. Is there anyone who really stands out to you? We'll let you go first here, Christian. Um, well, I think if we're looking at like the the logos, I think one of the like so someone that I was looking at originally was Higgins, and I you know um, Richard Higgins had a humongous week last week, and you think okay, well he's I mean. He, doubled the the targets of the next guy on the roster uh, you know like the next guy who even stepped on the field and you think he's got to be in a good position but I, I think it was just a product of the matchup last week against Baltimore the one weak spot on their whole defense is their slot cornerback and I think that honestly the the Browns might have just smartly exploited that weakness so I don't I don't think that really answered your question but that that was one of the things I wanted to throw out there is like kind of a, a like a okay something to be cautious of a lot of people are going to play him so i'm glad you mentioned it yeah so i think um as as far as guys that i like in that week uh or in that in that uh price bracket rather i'm looking at a guy like ty hilton is 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 one of my most intriguing uh gpp plays and i and i i guess he's just so absurdly cheap right now and he's such a good player that it's hard to not like him but you do, you know, it, it, I think people will be off it because of the matchup. And I think there's just, 
I, I think he'll spread himself out, and they, they have a pretty good matchup. Like, you know, the Browns cornerbacks aren't terrible, but, you know, if, if the Colts need to stay in this game, Hilton's going to be the guy. Um, you know, the Browns are weakest in the slot, just like the just like the Ravens are. So I don't I don't really love a ton of guys in that price range, but yeah. he is someone that I'm thinking like, okay, this he could he could really make a difference in GPPs. Seventy yard reception for a touchdown, and you're in He's the money with it, uh, with T. Y. Hilton. Yeah, um, I also like Devontae Adams there. We haven't mentioned him against Cincinnati, especially if Nelson or Randall Cobb isn't good to go. We're not playing a hundred percent. Tags, who's your guy? Uh, you know, I'd rather go lower, like the mid tier, like Terrell Pryor was someone that I did like. Um, I, I have not seen this foot picture. I've not even heard it until here. So it's something I'm going to look into as soon as we get off, because prior, this was one of the matchups where I felt like his ownership was going to drop because he's looked like crap. But uh, Oakland gets beat over the top all the time. Like that's their weaknesses is as that safety over the middle of the field. Uh, Pryor has again, he has not been good. But if you I want to go further down, I think Deshaun Jackson is very, very interesting this week. And I, I say that because. If you look at Martavis Bryant last week, I was watching some of that game, went back and watched, and Martavis Bryant just coasted by the cornerbacks like all game long. Uh, where Antonio Brown, he got the Xavier Rhodes treatment. That's going to happen to Mike Evans this week. Deshaun Jackson is going to burn Trey Waynes and Terrence Newman. He's 4,600. He's really cheap. And, you know, giving another week with Jameis Winston, getting them to to develop that chemistry. Like, where did we miss last week? Because he just missed, you know, a couple touchdowns. I've talked about it before. Uh, I think Ted Ginn's in an interesting spot here. I think that going against Carolina I know it's a narrative and all that stuff but the matchup is actually pretty decent because James Bradbury will match up with Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn hasn't really done too much yet Brandon Coleman has kind of outproduced him one name I'm going to throw out there and I'm going to regret it I know it right now but I'm going to tell you that I think it's a really sharp play is Terrence Williams nobody's talking about him it's 30 he's 3600 dollars guys like he's dirt cheap on DraftKings and this is a matchup where Des Bryant is going to see Patrick Peterson all game we've talked about Des's matchups before Jason Witten is going up against a uh, a Cardinals defense that before last week they had gone 19 games without allowing a tight end over 53 yards so it's a terrible matchup for Jason Witten Dak Prescott I mean I mean Ezekiel Elliott coming off a really bad week. We don't know if they punish him. On top of that, he's going against a solid Arizona front. So if they're going to move the ball, which I do think that they can, Terrence Williams is kind of the answer there. So it's it, it's yeah. a really deep play, but at 3,600, if you're looking for a desperation option, I think that he's solid. I like Williams as well. I already mentioned Devin Funches. He was pretty good last year, last week after uh, Greg Olson went out, and he's been really efficient. He's finally going to get the volume. They're going against New Orleans, so I could see him having a big game. I even like him for cash games. Uh, Paul Richardson, I don't know what's going on with his finger, but it's still a nice price point for someone who starts against Tennessee. Um, Rashad Higgins, you mentioned. Uh, two other guys that I want to talk about. J.J. Nelson, really cheap. Jamison Crowder, really cheap. I mean, I'm not in love with any of these guys, but you know, we have to mention some names down here. I- I'm spending up at wide receiver because they're just not great value plays. What about you, Christian? Yeah, I'm kind of on the, the same train of thought. Uh, like I said, there's not a ton of guys that I like in the lower price points. I think uh, my concern with Deshaun, I, I agree that um, Jackson, I mean, Winston just missed him so many times last week, and it was a really good sign that he was getting those deep shots, and if he can connect on one of them, uh, he's worth it. Yeah. So I, I do think that's, that makes it worth it. I think my concern there is actually that Trey Waynes is actually faster than Deshaun Jackson. His, he runs a faster 40 time. Wow. Um, so that that's not, it, it's not necessarily indicative that, that Jackson can't get behind him um, because it, you know, obviously it depends a lot more than just straight up 40 speed, but it's Trey Waynes is not someone that you think of normally as just like a typical speedster, but he's really fast. And it, it, that whole Minnesota 
defense is pretty fast too. So it's not a matchup that I really love, but it could definitely pay off with one pass. So, you know, you can't, you know, definitely for GPPs, I'm, I'm not looking away from him. Yeah. I, I, guess I think Crowder is the guy that I like best in that, in that area, just because his matchup against TJ Carey isn't great, but it's not bad either. They're kind of right in the same grade spot. Um, you know, I think Crowder just has to become that number one option, especially if Reed's out, especially if Pryor, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, so don't don't quote me on that prior thing. I mean, I don't, I don't actually know. This is just what I saw, and I, if I, if my foot was that way, I would be uncomfortable. So, but you know, who knows? It's the NFL; they could you know shoot him up with something, and he'll be all right. Who knows? But if if Pryor's not 100, percent and if Reed cannot play, Crowder is by far the best option in that offense. Yeah. Um, so I think he's always a great cash play. Yeah, absolutely. He, it's, you know, for, for PPR and DraftKings, he's a monster. Um, and so I think, you know, coming out in the slot against, they just got to throw the ball to someone. And I don't like Ryan Grant. And I don't like, you know, Doxon or any of those guys. So you, you don't love Brian Quick? Didn't they <laughs> cut him? Yeah. Or is he still on the roster? Who knows, man? Who cares? I don't even know. Um, I, I, I don't, I, was he ever a Redskin? Yeah, he he was. They signed him this off season. I I want I I thought he was a cut candidate. He may not have been, but I know he's not playing though. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't like Ryan Grant. I don't know. Who, I like. I never even heard of like quickening a snap. But yeah, I mean, I don't like him either. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Jameson Crowder is the guy there in that offense, and and with such a high point total, you know, Kirk has to throw the ball to somebody. So I could I could easily see Crowder getting twelve catches, and it wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be any wow. surprise to me. So guys, before we move on to tight end, I just want to say, if you haven't watched the Minnesota Vikings play, I know this is kind of a hot take, but I think Xavier Rhodes is the most exciting player in football to watch. It's just, it's just artwork what he does. When he's guarding these top receivers, you're going to get to see him against Mike Evans this week. It is a thing of beauty. He is just, uh, he's incredible. So tune into that Vikings game and watch Xavier Rhodes go at it with Mike Evans. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I like that too. I think Xavier Rhodes. I, I I watched one of those um those mic'd up things that he is, or the NFL does, and I think there, I watched one between Antonio Brown and Xavier Rhodes, and I thought it was funny. There was a couple times when Antonio Brown's on his mic saying like, "Where did you where did you come up with that?" Because they like trained yeah. together in the off season, and, and suddenly you know Xavier Rhodes just pulls out these moves that no one even knows he has in his arsenal. Um, he's a, he's one of the most exceptional players in the league for sure i totally agree with you yeah it looked like brown beat him so bad i know the clip you're talking about it looked like he beat him he had him by like five yards Rhodes was was burnt Mm -hmm. and then somehow he gets back in the picture and and knocks it out of him and uh yeah he's just uh he's he's incredible so guys tight ends um there are so many injuries here it's just zach Ertz to me there's really no one else i'm considering here but uh tags we'll let you go first with tight end is there someone else for you is it zach Ertz? Uh, no, I'm actually, I'll, I'll fade the chalk on Zach Ertz. I think he's a solid play, uh, but I don't think that you need to necessarily go there. They've raised his price to the point where I don't feel like so great about it. I think Martellus Bennett is the the tight end that I'm going to go back to again, like, like another guy that somewhat disappointed me last week. But when you're, when you're seeing, you know, 11 targets, like he did last week from Aaron Rodgers, things yeah. are bound to happen. Jordy Nelson, even if he does play, he's going to be at less than hundred percent. Honestly, I'm sh- I, I was going to be shocked if Nelson played. I know they say that he's trending in the right direction, but why rush, you know, you're against Cincinnati. You're going to beat Cincinnati with or without Jordy Nelson. So just chill. Should. 
Well, it seems like Cobb's going to be out for this game, too, which eats up targets over the middle of the field. So that's why I'm saying. Ooh, Geronimo Allison, GPP. That's the thing. Geronimo <laughs> Allison, I talked about him on the waiver wire show, is that I like Allison as a talent. He's someone to watch. Like if, if Nelson or Cobb misses this game, Allison is a really sharp play. Just tossing him in your lineup and seeing what could happen. Because if they line him up in the slot, then he's going to go up against Darkeezy Denard, a guy that arguably should have been cut this offseason. Uh, but Mart- <laughs> but again, back to Martellus Bennett. What's Bennett's price on DraftKings? Because he's not that much cheaper than Zach Ertz on FanDuel. He's 4000 on DraftKings. Oh, Ertz okay, is wow. up at 5000 so it's a 1000 difference. And Jack Doyle, like I, I'm down to Jack Doyle at 3600 But Martellus Bennett, if you're looking for an upside play, I think Bennett's what you're looking for. He, I mean, it was really weird because he looked bad last week, almost like he was winded the entire game. I don't know if he wasn't feeling well or something because he didn't look right. Uh, but the Bengals... Last year, they allowed 72 yards per game to tight ends, and they're still going to be without Vontaze Burfecht, their best linebacker this week. So, uh, again, they they show up when you go, you know, like when people go to matchups and they look like, oh, Martellus Bennett, he's going against the number one defense against tight ends. Keep in mind, guys, they went against Evan Bayless last week, and then the week before that, they went against Nick Boyle and Ben Watson. So don't, don't, <laughs> Good it's call. way too early. Yeah, it's way too early in the season to go by that. But uh, I do like Martellus Bennett as a solid upside play. Austin Hooper, very interesting uh, against a Detroit team that allows a lot of touchdowns to tight ends, and they might be without Jared Davis, their starting middle linebacker. And then again, I talked about him on our start, uh, on our our sit start show. I talked about Jack Doyle at 3,600. He's kind of like a no brainer because the Browns are, they're so bad against tight ends. Uh, I mentioned it on the last show, 10 of their last 17 games, they've allowed at least uh, 16 PPR points to tight ends. And Jack Doyle showed some chemistry last week with Jacoby Brissett. So uh, look for that to continue 3,600. It's kind of like a no brainer. You know, who's really bad against tight ends is Miami. And they get Austin Safarian Jenkins. I'm not using him in cash games tags. I know you hate this. <sighs> He's going to have like 1%, 2% ownership. I am playing him in like every single GPP lineup, not because I trust him big time, but I think there's a 15% chance he's the top value on the slate. And when you're talking about 2% ownership, man, that is a nice investment. He goes against Miami. He's got all the skill in the world. He's by far the most uh, athletic wide receiver that they have compared to, I mean, who are they starting out there? It's a disaster. So I could see him having a huge game, getting double digit, double digit touchdowns, <laughs> getting two touchdowns and, uh, <laughs> and being the number one tight end. It would be beautiful at his price. Not saying it's going to happen, but there really is a chance and he's super cheap. Uh, so Christian, we'll let us close you out with the position. Who are your tight ends you like? So I'll just go from the top down. I, th- I think Ertz is really expensive, which is you know not the thing you want to spend your salary at. The, you know, tight end is not really that the spot for that, in my opinion. But Ertz is in a good matchup, especially with um, Alshon Jeffrey getting some Janoris Jenkins treatment. So if he shadows Jeffrey, you know the, the balls have to go somewhere, and the Eagles are so pass happy and so unbalanced towards that passing offense that Ertz could easily go. You know, he could get ten targets, no problem. So I, I, I could easily see him being worth that high price tag. Um, but the other guy I was going to mention was, was Jack Doyle. Um, I think he it clearly has become a, like a staple of the offense. Uh, it kind of contradicts my T.Y. Hilton pick from a little earlier. Um, but I think that he's probably safer than T.Y. I think T.Y.'s got more upside, but Jack Doyle could, could easily, um, you know, I think he got like eight targets last week, and I think he caught all of them. So... Um, just a really good check down option for a uh, pretty unstable offense. I think Safarian Jenkins is an interesting play. I mean, 3,000 is hard to pass up. 
I saw some reports that he's uh, they're really trying to work him into the offense, and I guess with the Jets, like you know, they should realistically be welcome to trying anything new at this point. But you know, so I I could see it happening. I I would throw him in a GVP lineup. Um, but he's also, I mean, he could also be irrelevant. So yeah, um, I, there's a good chance he's irrelevant. More than fifty percent chance. That's why I'm only using him in GVP. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you there. Told you, people. Um, real quick, I'm going to mention, Bobby, before we get out of here, Zach Miller is like a, a minimum play that you can go after. He's got four red zone targets. It leads all tight ends. He's tied up there with Kobe Fleener, Travis Kelsey, and Jason Witten. And honestly, there should be a lot of garbage time in this game. The Bears are lacking receiving options. And over the season, he's seeing like the most targets on this team, especially at the tight end position. Uh, he's got 15 through two games. Uh, so I think he's like, if you're looking for a really cheap tight end at 3000, I think he's sharp. So guys, we don't have much time and uh, defense is such a crapshoot. I mean, these turnovers, it's just kind of random getting into the end zone. That's how you're going to get the best defense. But uh, we'll do a lightning round here really quick. We'll let you go first tags. Um, just make your case for one defense. Give us another one you like. Uh, Steelers 3,400. Uh, there's no way that I can pass this up. The bears are so bad. Uh, I, Mike Glennon is just, <laughs> Mike Glennon is not very good at football. Uh, that's the best way for me to put it. The Steelers 3,400. This is like a week where you kind of have to spend up. You can go to the dolphins at 37, but the Steelers, it, it's very realistic that Mike Glennon gets benched very soon. And like, he hasn't done well. He hasn't faced adversity really well before. And the Steelers are going to bring some pr- pressure onto him. He has no receiving options. Jordan Howard is not very, uh, it seems like he's not even close to hundred percent. They may be without Josh Sitton and Kyle Long this week. They're two best offensive linemen. So again, I, I mean, I would rather if you're playing the Steelers defense, I think you'd rather have Mike Glennon back there than Mitch Trubisky. So just be happy that Glennon's starting and, and hope he starts the whole game because you'll be in for a treat. So I've got the uh, I've got the Eagles against the Giants. That offensive line is just so bad. It is easy in cash games. You know, they're going to get three, four, five, six sacks. Probably get some picks off Eli Manning, who is mediocre. And then my uh, my GPP play that I like, Tennessee against Seattle at home. Russell Wilson just explodes and has some horrible games sometimes. And Tennessee has some playmakers, so I think it could be a decent one. Christian, give us your place. So you stole, stole my Eagles one, so I totally agree with you there. I think that that's one of the best pass, rush, pass rushes against one of the worst offensive lines. So all over that. Other than that, you know, I've kind of actually already said why I like my other two top defenses, and uh, it's kind of boring, but Patriots and Dolphins. I mean, the Patriots yeah. are a great option simply because the guy that gets 50% of the targets for Houston is going to be locked up. And the other for the Dolphins, you know, like I said, with those injuries to the right guard spot, um, they could absolutely murder them if Brian Winters doesn't play. So um, yeah. it's tough not to play the Dolphins, in my opinion, but the Eagles are a good cheaper option. And I think the Patriots are also a good top option. I mean, you know, yeah. it's kind of a no brainer there for me. All right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have for the show. Christian, really appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, absolutely. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on, guys. Our pleasure. And before we end this show, I just want to give myself a pat on the back. This is the first time, I don't know, it's been like, what, 20 DFS episodes I've done now? The very first time where I haven't talked about a Thursday night game on accident. (laughs) And my producer is going to be so happy with me. I also changed the battery on my smoke detector, so it's not beeping anymore. You guys probably didn't hear it last show because Clinton's amazing. But serious props to myself. I had an awesome week. Didn't talk about Thursday, change the smoke <laughs> detector battery. So well, that's how we're going to end the show here, guys. Good job, Bobby. And for those of you listening at home, we do have three shows coming up next week. I am very likely not going to be here. We're having our third baby. I'm really excited about that. If I am here, just bonus, and uh, you'll get to see tags and booty shorts probably. I want to say thanks to the sponsors of today's show, Draft and PristineAuction.com. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football.
I just wanted you to watch me dissolve